This is the Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Deep from a lair in North Carolina foothills. Ronnie, that was for you. I tried, man. I got nothing here. This is a... A, a layer of onions? Yeah, layer. A layer. layer, of layer. I can't, I can't yeah. pronounce it. That's where I'm Welcome to Masculine Journey <laughs> After Hours. A little, yeah. bit, uh, a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. Right? And uh, a little bit more open open mic time. And, and this is where we kind of, to, to dive in a little bit deeper than we're able to do in the half hour radio show to, to talk a little bit more freely. Yeah. About some things. Um, not that we plan on going on any tirades anytime soon, but no, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, again, it's, it's just an opportunity for us. There's no commercial break. There's, you know, nothing in the way. And this is not broadcast over FCC. So, um, we might use a little different clip than we normally would use or something like that. But, um, but it's really the it's born out of a fact that we often leave the studio after we do a show and we keep talking about that which we were doing the show on and a lot of deep things come out and we sometimes get much more authentic and, and mm-hmm. personal and intimate about it and so we just wanted to give our um, long-term listeners our podcast followers a little more than what you know they were getting and and just allow people to walk with us a little more it's you know you've i think you've said it best over the years that we've been doing these boot camps and the radio and stuff that you know we're we're no different than any of our listeners we're no different than any of the guys at the boot camp we just might be one turn ahead of you on the road and and we're just standing there saying come on you know the water's fine um but you know it, and and this is our chance kind of to allow people to see that in a, in a little more vivid way, maybe. Yeah. And each week we want to continue to talk about the topic that we were talking about that week. Yeah. And this week we've been talking about healing. Mm-hmm. So if, if you picked up the podcast, you probably saw that it said after hours healing. Yeah. So, you know, we're welcome. <laughs> and, and so we're going to talk a little bit more about that topic. And Darren, I want to go ahead and, and move to you because we do have a clip. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and talk about the clip, maybe set it up. We I can set it up rather. And then we can, uh, play the clip and you can talk a little bit more about it, but it's from a movie uh, called Awakening, mm-hmm. Awakenings, I think, uh, Robin Williams, Robert De Niro, and it's a true story based on a doctor that was working with um, patients that were in like a, a facility, I, I believe it was like a mental, mentally ill facility back in those days, and but they were catatonic, they were not moving, they would just literally be physically stuck in a position all the time and it was not responsive, anything like that, and he started studying them, working with them, and realized that they did have some responsiveness. And he set out to try to get to some medication that would help them and found a medication that brought them out of that stage and awakened them. That's the the name of the movie. And so we pick up this clip. You have Robert De De Niro's character who had been one of those patients. And now he's been awake for a while Mm -hmm. and living somewhat, learning about the life that's changed since before. You know, he kind of went in that catatonic state. And now he has to go in front of a, re- a review board 
to talk about a simple request that you would think, but it, things aren't always as simple as they appear. No, I mean, he just wants to go take a walk without supervision, right? But they don't trust him. Um, they don't know if they can trust him. There's not enough evidence, you know, and all of those different things. And, and I had never seen the movie, and you sent out these clips, and I listened to the trailer clip, and then I listened to this clip. And I remember when the movie came out, I thought, ah, that looks kind of boring. I don't think I want to see that. Well, after listening to this clip, I want to see it now. I, I, I really do. But as I listened to this clip, it stirred something in me and, and took me back in time several years um, to some memories that I had when I was treated very much like this guy is treated in this clip. What is it that you want now, Mr. Lowe? The simplest thing. And it is? To have the choice to go for a walk if I want to, like any normal person. You are free to go for a walk. I am? Alone? Uh, what difference would that make? Look, I'm not a criminal. I've committed no crime. I'm not a danger to myself or to others. And yet I'm still not allowed to go for a walk on my own by myself. You didn't wake a thing. You woke a person. I am a person. Mr. Lowe, are you at all aware of the unconscious hostility you're exhibiting toward us right now? How could I be aware of it if it's unconscious? Nora, please. <laughs> I'm curious. Um, what would you do if you went out? I'd go for a walk. I'd look at things. I'd talk to people. I would decide if I want to go in this direction or that direction or straight ahead. I would do all the things that you people take for granted. And that's it? That's it. All right, then. Well, I'll, we'll certainly take this into consideration and uh, we'll let you know. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Sayer. You all right? Yeah, I was aware of that. It was nothing. I was nervous. What'd they say? They said there was insufficient data at this time. That continued observation was necessary for a complete diagnosis. They said it's a different world out there and you may not be prepared for it. And they couldn't be held responsible for what might happen to you. They said no. So, you know, I talked about um, that when I listened to that clip, it reminded me of a time in my life where um, I used to be a really angry guy um, and was very frustrated. Life was out of control. I couldn't control it, obviously, because it was out of control. And um, the people around me started seeing me act out in in very angry ways especially my ex-wife um and she was doing some things at that time that would make any man angry um and uh and so i i felt justified in my anger um, but as i began to get some healing for that and and we began to get some healing 
for some things that were really uh, ugly in our marriage, namely sexual addiction of mine and, and her having an affair, um, and, and by this time multiple affairs. Um, that was a hard pill to swallow for her um, as you know, I began to get healing and, and began to change and that anger was dissolving and, and God was really doing some pretty miraculous stuff. And nobody would give me credit for it. Um, very much it was, you know, they would. And, and I remember how discouraging that felt that, yeah, they're, they're hearing me, they're listening to me, um, but they don't believe the healing that I've gotten. They don't trust the healing that I've gotten. There's not enough data, as they said in the clip. Um, and we all live in that in one way or the other. I, I, I remember her you know, saying to me, um, you don't forgive me for, for having affairs. And I had. I really, really had, um, but she didn't feel that. And so she wasn't capable of giving herself the credit and I'm not slamming her at all. We are very good friends and to this day get along really well. Her and my present wife are good friends and, um, we have a great relationship. The, the fact of the matter is though, that when you walk in an old identity and somebody starts treating you in a new identity, um, that that can be scary. But the, the vice versa is as well. When you're walking in a new identity, you're walking in new healing and people won't give you credit for it. That's enough sometimes to drive you back to that old behavior. Thankfully, it really didn't in this case. But I still find myself fighting that at times. Well, and we... Um can I talk about our meeting the other day? Sure, yeah. Yeah, the other day, uh, Darren and I went to lunch, and, and uh, last Friday, I think it was, we uh, had went to lunch, and we're talking about just some of the stuff we shared last week uh, on the air, but r- realizing, you know, God was making us aware that we need to allow each other to walk in healing, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm one of those, my skepticism, you know, all the, the tests they give you at work and all that, my skepticism ranks up there at like 90-some percentile. <laughs> like, I'm extremely skeptical. Yeah. You know, I build houses and I'm not that thorough. My thoroughness is really low, but I'm really skeptical, so I don't trust anybody, so I go check on them. That's why I'm <laughs> thorough, right? But, you know, God was telling me, you know, in breakthroughs and stuff that you've had and things, changes I've seen with you, that I needed to let down my guard and quit looking for evidence of something that mm-hmm. wasn't there because you'll find what you're looking for, mm-hmm. right? If you want evidence of something, you just look hard enough and, and the enemy will make it look that way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we realized for our relationship anyway, we need to give each other that grace. Yeah. At least I, I'm speaking for me. No, but. both. Yeah. Because I'm I'm looking for that judgmental spirit. Yeah. You know, you're very high judging, right? Yeah. In the ENTJ. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I'm looking for that, right? And so I have to give you that grace. I have to um, not be looking for that. And you know, we've uh, Jim. You know, the very first boot camp we did, um, I think one of the pieces of advice we gave guys was one that we got when we went to a boot camp, and that is, do not go home and say, "I'm healed. I'm healed. Yeah. I'm great." You know, Bring honey, I've had breakthrough. <laughs> you know, yeah, because that bites you. I mean, we 
we can feel that way, but our feelings are deceptive. Mm-hmm. We need to have God tell us that before it's yeah. true. It's uh, and you you hit one of my favorite subjects. We see what we want to see. Mm-hmm. We hear what we want to hear. Rarely do we get a clear picture of what somebody else is seeing because we're looking at it through our personal lens of, you know, our personalities, our past hurts. I, I mean, I. One of my problems is my name, James, which is from Yaakov, the deceiver, the supplanter, and I was I was a grew up a people pleaser, still am. I want people to like me. I want to tell them what they want to hear, whether it's the truth or not. And that is one of my, we talked about slippery slopes and said they may or may not, you know, sometimes it's a precipice, it's yeah. not a slope. Or a cliff, if you yes. don't know what a precipice is. Yeah, I, I, I assume cliff, but I didn't know for sure. Thank you. Sometimes I, I actually to. literally did read a dictionary regularly when I was in grammar school. So okay. sorry we, about that. We That's know, right. Jim. We I'm know. learning. I'm learning. Thank you. I feel better. You know, now I know what. You I, got another word. I can't say layer apparently. <laughs> but is that know. where you live, or is yeah. part of it? I don't know. But the the bottom line to that was, I got to where I didn't trust myself to tell the truth. Yeah, I. No, I mean, people, a lot of, and this is all of us. Somebody lies to me, you know, it takes a lot to get to where you trust them again. Mm-hmm. Somebody hurts me, it takes a lot to get where you trust them again. And that's what you're looking for is the lie, yeah. the wound. You know, that's funny because, I mean, you're the skeptic, so everybody's lying to you. Uh, well, um, that was the truth. I, I, I like to. <laughs> I like to prove that they're being truthful. Okay. <laughs> it's how okay. I choose to look at that. Yeah. See, I, I, I don't know that I would call myself a skeptic, but I just believe that people are probably going to lie to me, even those who love me, even those who who care about me deeply, um, because they, you know, our tendency is to tell people what they want to hear um, instead of telling them the truth. Um, there are some people... They might be named Darren, who say the truth too often. Um, not that I've never told a lie. I freely admit that. But oftentimes I will say way more of the truth than needs to be said. Um, that's been one of the things that you've needed to forgive me of is because, you know, I will say, <laughs> Sam, you're ugly and your mother dresses you funny um, pretty quickly sometimes. And I have to be less brutal Um than that and and yet i just like you know when i used to manage you know a lot of people i and i just kind of figured they were going to lie to me and so i didn't hold it against them because it was like it was like your kid you, you don't hold it against your kid because they lie to they're you right kids. They're, they're kids to lie. yeah and, and they're scared <laughs> and so i just treated all of my employees like they were my kids you know and i just figured they're gonna lie to me and i would look them in the eye and go you really don't expect me to believe that i don't believe that oh it's true okay well i'm gonna call you a liar anyway but, but we're gonna move <laughs> on you know and just mm-hmm. and move on so and i move on without saying that but yeah. i do feel the same thing. In fact, I was lied to quite a bit this afternoon in a counseling. I'm session, sorry, but Jim. I let it go. But and we don't. And we're using the word lying. Uh, you can spin. There are other words for it. 
But I'll give you a quick example. You know, my wife, I used to stay up all night playing games back when I could stay up all night. And, you know, it'd be, I'd go to bed at 4.30 in the morning. And my wife said, oh, what time did you finally get to bed last night? Oh, sometime after 12.30. Well, that was true. Yeah. But it wasn't 12.45. <laughs> it was 4.45. <laughs> and that I, I will still have to catch myself sliding into that kind of deception. I think a lot of it has to do, at least for me, is how close you are to me and, and how deep that hurt. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, if it's... I have a lot of grace for people around the perimeter. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. easier. Yeah. It is. It's easy yeah. to have grace. For, you know, the, the the trade partners at work, contractors, you know, expect that there's going to be some misunderstandings at the best, you mm-hmm. know, or some lies at the worst, you know. And, and I can understand, you know, I, I get that everybody's broken, mm-hmm. right? But the closer it gets and the more intimate it gets, boy, the harder it is. Mm-hmm. The harder it is to trust and let go and – and let your guard down and let that person walk in that healing. You're not the only one. The expression that I use that my wife doesn't like is, in God I trust, everyone else is suspect. <laughs> True. You and my wife would get along very well because she would, the kids say, Mom, you don't trust us. And you're right. Who do I trust? God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a standard couple of three times a week so we, we talked on the uh the radio show about healing and we talked about the different layers mm-hmm. you know and i think that it, it's at least for me as i look at a lot of the healing that i've had if i'm no longer in relationship with that person i can get to some level of finality with it pretty easy Meaning if they've been killed. Yeah, my, you know, um, my parents, you know, yeah, but neither one of my parents are alive. By you or someone um, else. Yeah, I have some family, a sister that's no longer alive. You know, working with God, and, and obviously it led, it had to come to some level of forgiveness from me right, to all those people, and getting there, I can stay there with them because there's no more opportunity for relationship. Mm-hmm. There's no more reason to have a guard up. There's no more looking for evidence you know i don't i i can let that healing stay right you know it, it's the other healing that is so much harder to hang on to mm-hmm. you know the, the rela- interpersonal relationship stuff walking in this group or walking with friends you know being able to let some of that go is easy it gets harder and then also with with personal healing you know of things that i've battled um how i feel about myself you know, some of the things my sister used to say to me, if I'm not careful, I'll let myself fall back into that trap and make an agreement again, you know, and, and, and believe that I have nothing of value to say or start acting in that way. And, and, and all those things God's given me freedom of, I've got to be very careful not to step back into it because, you know, the enemy is always trying to pull you back in. Yeah. And he's not too original, actually. No. He's continually saying, Sam, shut up. Sam, yeah. shut up, you motor mouth, you have nothing to say. And you're hearing it or, you know, you're 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 by the blood of Christ cutting that off and not hearing it a lot of the days. Mm-hmm. He's still saying it all the time. You're not hearing it more than you're hearing it. But being one of your closest friends for so many years, there are times when I hear it for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear you saying something along the lines of, well, and I, I've probably been talking too much or something like that. And um, and it's a privilege as a friend to be able to go, no, no, you haven't. You, you've been saying exactly what needed to be said and, you know, keep saying it. 
um, that that healing. Now you, you talked about, you know, for a, for a period of time, you didn't want to forgive mm-hmm. the the person that molested you as a child. Yeah, it it, it felt as though I was um, letting them off with something. Yeah. Right. There was no. I was no longer in relationship with that person. Right. I've been out of my life for years, but it it was something that felt like I had a right to hang on to. Mm-hmm. You know that if I hung on to it and I didn't give them uh, forgiveness, that I held them captive somehow. Yeah. Right. And it just prevented my healing. Yeah. The violation is one thing, right? I mean, yeah. you're you're violated, and to totally forgive them and set them free feels like another violation. It does. There's been no justice here. And so until you understand, and that's the part of Isaiah 61 that we talked about earlier in, in the show, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re-quote the, the, you know, Jesus is saying that the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners or those who are in darkness, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, that's you, you're his favorite. If Robbie were here, he would say that. <laughs> Sam, you're his favorite. Yeah. The year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. There is a vengeance of our God. And and for whatever reason, that is comforting to us. And Jesus knows it. He's the one that said this. And so when we hang on to it because the enemy says, no, Sam, don't don't let that go. Don't they violated you, Sam. You can't forgive them. You can't let them off the hook because that's another violation. No, I'm not letting them off the hook. I don't have them on the hook. Someone else does. God does. And there will be a day of vengeance for those who mourn. And so there's a time to mourn that pain, that that violation, that that assault, and to grieve it and to let go of it and trust that either God will deal with it or that person will have received forgiveness from God. And in either case, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, for me, it, it, it really became, you know, once you, you give in and you submit and you, you forgive whatever that was, um, yes, you get the healing, but you don't really, I, I don't, I used to, <laughs> I used to be so arrogant and I still am in ways, but it was like, okay, God, you can forgive them. That's kind of your job. You're God. Right? <laughs> you know, if, if they ask you, they mean it. You're supposed to forgive them. I don't have to. Right. You know, and I carried that attitude with me. It, it, but when I let it go, it's like, God, I don't care if you forgive them. I, I hope you forgive them. And I hope that they walk with you. I'm just glad I don't have to deal with them anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad that you don't have them as part of my life. Another component of that, that will prevent a lot of people from, forgiving is saying i'm telling them it's okay that they did that that's not the case Mm -hmm. that's true and good point jim you need to get that out of your mind and that's an attack from the enemy because you're not saying that forgiveness has nothing to do with you know saying it was okay god does not say what all that we've done wrong is okay but he forgives us and he made the sacrifice for it and that you, you end up, and I, I'll probably misquote it, but I love the saying, you know, that not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and expecting them to die. 
Some people mm-hmm. could care less whether you forgive them or not, but mm-hmm. it's your heart that takes the damage for mm-hmm. holding on to that. Yeah, and I think uh, probably the hardest person to ever forgive is to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. You know that that's the, the that's the stronghold. You know yeah. when you know that because you're I'm guilty. the biggest idiot. Well, yeah, <laughs> when you know you're guilty of something or you believe you're guilty, whether you are or you're not, the you know the enemy really really loves it. To hold on to that stronghold, mm-hmm. you know, and, and releasing the your own personal forgiveness, and that has to be probably one of the most common agreements out there, right? How many times everybody you go out and say, "Yeah, I'm just an idiot. I'm mm-hmm. stupid. I deserve that," and that's just the enemy working on you. And boy, has he had a lot of time to work on you over the years with a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. So now that you're with Jesus, it's like, okay, yeah, just like you said, God, Jesus, that's your job. You, you are perfect. I'm not. I'm just this horrible thing. Mm-hmm. We were talking earlier about when we go to get healing, you have to be there to receive and accept and walk in that, or you're going to go right back, sliding back into some old habits, and it's so hard to shake an old habit. I mean, we talk, you know, you read all the books on habit, breaking a habit and all that kind of stuff. It takes a long time. There's those layers. There's that onion again. It's just, just so much there, and... It's just been so wonderful for me to be in this message and actually be conscious of what's going on, then actually being very specific about what it is I want to go do about that rather than just, you know, oh, yeah, well, it's just just kind of blowing it off and accepting it, and that's, that's all you can do about it. No, you can be very, very intentional about what you're going to do next mm-hmm. and what you're going to follow up on and what you're going to actually learn about yourself and be have that conversation with God about who I am, where I am, and why am I here and where do you want to go? Have those conversations. Ask mm-hmm. him. He's wanting that with you. So go enter in. It, it, it comes down to on the, this healing and holding on to it is who do you choose to believe? Do I choose to believe God? Yep. Right or do I do? Do I choose to listen to the old self right. that tries to tell me all these things that have some shred of truth about it? Mm-hmm. You know, do I listen to the world? Do I listen to other people? Do I listen to the enemy, or do I listen to the one that created me and knows me better than I'll ever know myself and hold on to that truth? And it is hard, mm-hmm. but especially as you're being, being assaulted. But we have an active role in our healing, and that's allowing God to do it. And then holding on to it once he has. Right. And next week we're going to talk about restoration. Restoration, yeah. Right. And so we'll move past the clip where he didn't have restoration and hopefully move into stories of our own restoration. That's right. And how God's come after our heart. Go to masculinejourney.org to register for the boot camp or to get other podcasts or to leave us a message. We'll see you next week. <laughs>